0: I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you.
1: I guess you can all hear me. We're all good. Wonderful. Today we continue to look at doctrine and ask the question, why does doctrine matter? And today we are looking at the role of the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and what is His role in the Godhead. And more importantly for us today, What is his role in our life? Now, we have to be careful. In our world today, people will often say that the Spirit of God rests upon me, that the Spirit of God is with me. And there will be people who say the Spirit of God is with me, and the Spirit of God helps me to to live a wonderful, beautiful life. The Spirit of God is here to give me what I want and what I desire. And the Spirit of God is a counselor who's here to hear me and to give me what I desire and what I want. People often mistake this Spirit of God as simply an energy that sort of comes to us and allows us to be superhuman or allows us, to have the, allows us to to get the things that we want. We often hear people say that all you need is God's spirit and then you can overcome all things. Now, there is a tiny bit of truth in that. But this understanding of the spirit of God Being someone to help you obtain riches, to help you obtain mental health, to help you obtain all the things that you want in your life is a lie. And in fact, if you are someone or you know someone who says, I had the spirit of God in me, and the Spirit of God is helping me to flourish in this world, and the Spirit of God is helping me to be all that I can be, you have to wonder whether they really do have God's Spirit. And in fact, I would say that is not God's Spirit at all. God's Spirit is not here to give you what you want. God's Spirit is not here to be your magic genie to be that that power up that you need to accomplish what you want to accomplish in fact nowhere in scripture does that say that that is god's purpose of sending you his spirit but god's spirit has a different task at heart and you and i have to understand well what the Spirit's primary task is for you and I. And if we understand what the Spirit's primary task is, then we can discern whether or not we are hearing God's Spirit in our lives. Isn't that what we want? Do we not want to be able to hear the voice of God to know that we are in His will, to know that we are pleasing to Him? Do we not want to know that our, uh, that, that our own desires and wills, we already know that they can go left and right, up and down, but we already know that God's will is perfect, and that if we could somehow remain in God's will, then our lives will indeed be filled with that peace and joy that He has promised throughout Scripture. So the question remains, how do you know that God's Spirit lives in you? How can you discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your mind, over against other voices, that vie for your attention. This is not some sort of academic exercise. This is important for you and I to know, that we may know that we are children of the living God. Praise be to the Lord that in this passage, The Gospel of John, the writer himself, gives us clear testimony of Jesus' own words, of what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is. Jesus says, listen, I have to leave. And it's for your benefit that I leave. And we know later on in the story, Jesus dies, that he rises from the dead. And eventually he ascends into heaven. And when he ascends into heaven, he sends down his Holy Spirit. We we call this Pentecost. And then the Holy Spirit resides in the believers of God. And Jesus says, this is a benefit to you rather than me being with you in bodily flesh. Because with the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit can teach you and guide you according to the truths of the matter which I have already spoken to you about. And to be able to unpack even more the depths of these truths so that you may accomplish the work that I have sent you out to do. And so the Holy Spirit resides in all of those who believe in him. And the work of the Holy Spirit, as it says here in verse 8 and verse 9, is threefold. And this is how we know if we are discerning the voice of the Spirit. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will Convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Verse 11. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, there are three things that the Holy Spirit does in the believer, does in the person. One, conviction of sin. Two, conviction of righteousness. Three, conviction of judgment. So the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is that the Holy Spirit shows us that we are sinners against God. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and say, hey, look at you. You're you're a great person. I'm the Spirit of God coming, and I will just make your life even greater. I will give you anything and everything that your heart desires. But the Spirit comes to show us that we have sinned against the living God. And this is important for us to to see and to understand. Because in our individual lives, in our prayers to the Lord, part of our lives, a huge part of our lives, has to be coming to the Lord to confess our sins to Him we get down on our knees and we confess that we have sinned against God that the past days that we have done things that are contrary to his righteousness, contrary to his laws. We have not loved him. Our hearts have not sought his counsel. We have indeed been stingy with our hearts towards people. We have indeed forgotten to to look and to see that God himself needs to be glorified in all things. And this conviction of sin is unique in the Christian faith. You will not hear any other religion or any other person, any other shaman who will say the purpose of a spirit living you is to show you that you are a sinner against God. But we as Christians believe that in order for us to receive the righteousness of Jesus, that we need to understand that we are sinners and continue to understand that we are sinners before Him. Is this not how the Holy Spirit counsels us? We, we go to the Lord, yes, in our suffering at times, but we go to the Lord always acknowledging that even in our suffering, even in our, our difficulties in our lives, that sin resides in us. That the way we respond to our suffering at times is not pleasing to God. That in a way that we wrestle, it's not pleasing to the Lord. And the Lord opens that up to our hearts our hearts and our minds and we see our sins and we repent of our sins. This is also how we we counsel one another. If we simply counsel one another and walk with one another simply by saying, hey, everything is going to be okay. Hey, hey, let me listen to everything that you say, and let me simply pat you on the back, and you can pat me on the back, and we can go, all right, we got that out. Let's, let's move forward. If that's all our counseling is to one another, if that is all the words that we say to one another, then, then we are missing a huge Christian aspect of what it means to grow in Christ. If the Holy Spirit so convicts us of our personal sins, then the Holy Spirit surely convicts a community, convicts relationships according to sin as well. And we are here to help one another to see our sins, not to destroy each other, but to know that the Holy Spirit is exposing this in order that the Holy Spirit may heal us, forgive us, for apply the righteousness of Christ and to give us life. If in your life you've never experienced conviction of sin, then you need to really examine yourself, whether you know Jesus or not. And if you in your life right now, as you continue to walk with God, that you have not confessed your sins to the Lord honestly and truthfully, if you have not gone to him and wept over the fact that you do not deserve the salvation that God has given you, then we must ask the right question. Have I been listening to the Holy Spirit at all? Lately, the Holy Spirit has come to bring conviction. The Holy Spirit has come to convict the world that they need a Savior. And the Holy Spirit will continue to do this work until the Lord returns. Brothers and sisters, this conviction of sin is a very important part of our faith. And we must always continue in our prayers for one another, in our counsel with one another. Confess our sins to each other. And pray for one another that the Lord would reveal those sins to us. But the Holy Spirit doesn't stop there. And so, in a way to sort of separate conviction of sin for the from the rest of these two, it's sort of <clears throat> it's sort of unfair and it's sort of not helpful. Because we as people tend to compartmentalize things. And so we say, okay, we let's. Let's simply confess our sins, see how sinful we are. And oftentimes when we go down that rabbit hole, we get lost and we can't find our way out. We go into those dark recesses of our hearts and we can't get out at times. But all of this, in a sense, the Holy Spirit applies to us as once. Not only are we convicted of sin, but we are convicted of God's righteousness. We are convicted concerning the righteousness of Jesus. This righteousness is interesting. this righteousness here it says that Jesus must leave. Jesus must leave in order the Holy Spirit may come. This righteousness means that God's plan of salvation, the Father right to orchestrated all of this. Jesus who secured salvation and the Holy spirit that applies salvation all this whole plan is, is, is has been neatly and has been has been neatly planned and has no holes in its plan the holy spirit has come to to be sort of the the, the last person who comes in to fulfill all righteousness in other words all the right Plans of God to secure salvation for his people? What are the right steps to take in order that we may gain the righteousness from God and be declared innocent before him? And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit not only gives us conviction of sin, but the Holy Spirit also gives us the conviction that we are made righteous in God. And it's this righteousness of God that enables us to see the darkness of our hearts, knowing that we are forgiven and knowing that we have already been rescued from the Lord. There's two applications to this that I want to share with you. First is this period of Lent. Um, that that we are in the days before Jesus is will be arrested and, and crucified. Uh, in the church calendar, we we sort of take this time to remember uh, the 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 sufferings of Jesus and his and his death, his crucifixion and his death. And in a lot of ways, this could be a very morose thing to do. In fact, we know that in the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church is more concerned about the crucifixion or the the death of Jesus than they are about the resurrection. Um, We we, we see that in the jewelry they wear. They wear crucifixes with with Jesus, you know, uh, on the cross. Whereas we as Protestants, those who wear crosses, we wear a cross, but Jesus isn't on the cross. Jesus has risen. And oftentimes in the Catholic religion, they, they focus so much on the penance and the suffering that they forget that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And all of a sudden, what happens in the Catholic religion is that they see themselves still as lost and that they need to work somehow to get out of this suffering. This is not what we're supposed to do as Christians during Lent. We're not supposed to look at Lent and say, Woe is the world, and woe is Jesus. Woe is what is happening and end there. We believe both in the conviction of sin, but also the conviction of righteousness. What we need to do during this time of Lent is we are looking, Jesus is in us because of the Holy Spirit. We are with Jesus, and what we are doing is is with Jesus in His righteousness, Looking back at history, looking back what happened to Jesus and just speaking with Jesus and saying, Jesus, I can't believe that you suffered for me like this. Jesus, I'm starting to understand more and more of what you went through when when Judas Iscariot betrayed you. How did you do that? Jesus. I'm starting to realize that I should have died, not you. I was that thief on that cross who who deserved the punishment, not you. But Jesus, thank you as I look back and read the scriptures and read what I was before you, that you have brought me into righteousness. And praise be to you that you took me out of this darkness. And you have placed me here today. Lent is not about simply looking at suffering for the sake of suffering. It is not about looking at sin for the sake of sin. It is not wallowing in our self-pity or wallowing in the pity of what happened to Christ. It is to look at what happened in the past in the light of righteousness. And to say, Look at Scripture. Jesus, how awesome you truly are to have gone through all the suffering that you did for my salvation. So we look at a historical point of view. And then as I alluded to, we also look at a personal point of view. You did it for me. You did it for me help me to understand as i go through lent more of what it is that what it means to be a sinner help me to understand more in light of your righteousness of what it means to know you and to love you you know i'm not a i'm not a fan of dark places one sport that scares me or activity is spelunking I don't know if you ever seen people do that, or people who do the, uh, the, the the diving into caves as well, dark caves. I don't know why anybody would would ever do that. Um, but one of the things that when you do have, when you do spelunking, when you do those deep dives, is that you hopefully you have a tether, and hopefully you have a light to, to help you. And in many ways, as we grow in our understanding of, of conviction of sin and our righteousness, is that we understand more and more of how strong that tether is that God has for that God has on us, that how strong that light is, but that when we sort of delve into our hearts and delve into the, the sins of this world that is always there for us and that God's righteousness is always there to protect us and to save us. The Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, is not a hammer just to convict you that you are sinners and wrong. It is not there to make you just feel guilty for the sake of being guilty. It is not there to allow you To wallow in self pity. But the righteousness of God comes to you that you may have life and know that you are forgiven and loved by God fully. This is what the Holy Spirit does, this is the importance of His role. Thirdly, He comes concerning. Judgment. So sin, righteousness, and judgment. We know that the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, that there's a conviction that history belongs to God. There's a conviction that in the end, all things. Will be made right in God's eyes, all things. There's a peace that comes in knowing that no matter how chaotic this world becomes, that God himself will make all things right. And it's a knowing that he as the judge and that he himself will vindicate, His people and vindicate his own name that gives us spiritual equilibrium to live our lives here today. I think I talked a little bit about this last week, but oftentimes we look at what's happening in the world today, and with the amount of information that we have access to, we are able to see how how difficult this world is in fact it was i believe was the 17th century when uh, a, a german philosopher said something like this listen politics is ugly if you want to know how the sausage is made you look look at politics and you'll see that it's just all over the place how much truer today in the 21st century and how much truer is it today to see not only politics but economics, philosophy, science, everything. You, you look at the, everything is peeled back, and you see just chaos in everything, and we get overwhelmed. And we see so much unrighteousness. And then what happens is we peel back our own lives as well, do we not? And we see more unrighteousness in our own hearts as well. But the knowledge that God has given you in living in the 21st century, in this information age, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Don't be overwhelmed by what's happening. Because here's here's the bad news it's actually a lot worse. God knows even deeper how bad it really is. He knows the hearts of every person and how the evil hearts of of every person interacts with evil hearts of other people. Don't go overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed. God already knows this. And God knows it deeper than you do. But in God's love and forbearance, he restrains the evil and he blesses the church to be salt and light in this evil. And he has given us everything that we need to live lives of righteousness, to expose sin and to apply the balm of Christ everywhere. And so when we see the world and it looks chaotic, instead of being overwhelmed, let the Holy Spirit bring conviction of you concerning judgment. Be at peace in knowing that the Lord will bring judgment into this world. And that one day everything will be judged according to his righteousness and everything will be exposed before the Lord. We as God's church with the spirit that lives in us, our duty is to simply make Christ known and to do so in every corner and aspect of this world. Lastly, in verse 12 through 15, the Jesus sort of summarizes the role of the Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit simply, if we want to make this succinct, yes, it's concerning conviction of sin, judgment, uh, conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But in the end, all those three relate to simply what? The Holy Spirit here is, is here to simply make Jesus known. Jesus and his works. Jesus and his righteousness, Jesus and his, and his death, Jesus and his resurrection, Jesus and his rule, Jesus and his coming to judge the world in the end. And for us as God's people, it's knowing Jesus that ultimately gives us life. listen brothers and sisters to the voice of the holy spirit the voice of the holy spirit is very simple to discern does the spirit lead you to jesus to fall on his knees to ask for forgiveness to be given that forgiveness in his righteousness to live this life righteously, knowing that it's going to be difficult. But we do so knowing that in the end, God will take care of everything. We just, do, we just need to do our part as a church today. If you're listening to a spirit that tells you something different, just say no. Say, away from me, Satan. For I I declare that Jesus and Jesus alone is all I need. Praise be to the Holy Spirit. Praise be to the Holy Spirit who brings us closer to Christ. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, has come to to bring about the application of what Jesus has secured on the cross. We are now able to see Jesus as our Savior. We are now able to see our sins clearly and to confess them clearly. We are able to, Lord, look to you and know that we are declared righteous in your eyes. And we know, Lord, that we can we can live in this world no matter how difficult it is to to be Christians in this world. And Lord, we know, Lord, that in the end, that you as God, you have everything under control. Nothing can thwart your kingdom. Nothing can thwart your, your plans. Your kingdom will come. And we rejoice in that, that we belong to you. Help our church, Lord Jesus, to live like that. Lord God. Help us, Lord, in our individual times with you to bring praise unto you Jesus. Help us, Lord, in our interactions with one another, Lord, not to forget, Lord, that we are all sinners and that we need to bring one another to the cross, in our prayers, in our counsels. Help us, Lord God, to live lives according to your Holy Spirit and not according to our own whims and desires. We ask of you, Lord, because we want your kingdom here at CCPC. We want your name glorified here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.